So is this thing on? We are rolling, this thing is on. We are rolling! Da, 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 da. Hello and welcome to episode 11 um, of Mass Movement Presents, sponsored by Engineer Records. Uh, my name is Chris, the left of me is Tim, the That's bill it. to my Ted. The bill to your Ted? I'm Ted. Ted? <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah so, you, so you're the sexy one? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so far. I think you, you are completely delusional. <laughs> Thank you to everybody who's downloaded this or any other episode. Uh, a lot of work goes in these podcasts and it really means a lot to hear positive feedback. It does? Yeah. So remember to like and subscribe us over on iTunes or Podbean. And tell all your mates about us too. Yes. If Some, you've got any. Yeah, yeah, if you've got, if you've got friends. <laughs> <laughs> Something of a sombre tone to this episode as we pay tribute to the people in the world of music we've lost over the last couple of weeks. Ah, mate. Um, yeah, it's been, so we're talking Vinnie yes. Value. Uh, we're talking Reed Mullen, we're Josh talking Pappy. Josh Pappy, Terry Jones, so we're going to be talking about them, uh, paying a little tribute to those guys. We'll be talking about Picard, which dropped on um, Amazon Prime in the UK this week. But first, as ever, Tim is mad as hell, and he's not going to take it anymore. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Bloody Six Nations, mate. Six Nations rugby. Okay. Big bag of balls. Big bag of balls. So the game itself or the fans? All of it. What Absolutely all of it. The whole... The Six, the Six Nations is the worst thing, right? Because it, it turns otherwise rational people into nationalistic chest-beating morons. Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah. Because they just... Oh, I'm not a racist and I'm not nationalistic, but... Wheels, 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 England, England, England. Yeah. Forget it, champ. I, I have no time for it whatsoever. Yeah, I I, uh, I tend to agree. It brings out the uh, the worst of people. Absolute worst of people. And it brings out this sort of mentality, just sort of this rugby is a is a national game. I'm going from a sports point of view now. Yeah, all right. It's poorly attended though. All these yes. local teams are poorly so, attended. Fair weather fans come out of the closet. Yes, yeah. because they, you are the national team. Yeah. Playing exactly. So we're going to support. So how can you have ninety thousand Welsh or ninety thousand rugby fans yeah. in inverted commas? You know, in the Millennium Stadium, when, when you can't get 200 people a week down there. Uh, right, I would have no problem, right, if all these fans who came out to the Six Nations supported club-level games. Yeah. And actually went to club-level games. They don't. No. Because they don't care. No. Because it's not about that. It's about, oh, wheels, wheels, this fourth yes. mountain gets smashed for the boys. Oh, it's about that. And then yeah. we'll, we'll smash the English. Oh, I never realised that our national game was actually invented in England. <laughs> True though, absolutely it. true. Yeah, it is. Absolutely true. It's true. I, yeah. I can't stand rugby anyway. <laughs> I put that down to three major factors. Go on. Kevin Brady, Clive Shell, right, and having the absolute crack kicked out of me by rugby boys for liking Dungeons and Dragons and comics and being a punk rocker and looking yeah. a bit different. Right? And I'm being verbally abused by them all the time. Yeah. Right. And then occasionally getting a kick in when they were a bit bored and they saw you after hours. Washer, good are you now, but you are smashing. You don't play rugby. What are you, some type of gay lord? It, it's sickening because my boy is going through a little bit of that now um, in, in school. Right. There's an element of sort of the rugby team. They've they just got together. Yeah. And there's an element of bullying. They got this rugby mentality. Or, right. And um, my boy is not into that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. He's got his things. He's into. He's into comic books. He's into Dungeons and Dragons. He's into right. Stranger Things. And he's getting that it, element that, is already, and he's at 12. 
And that, that that's the point. It starts yeah. earlier than yeah. that, and that's the whole thing. It started earlier than primary school. I had a teacher called Kevin Brady, right? Right. And you're gonna do play rugby on the field. <laughs> rugby. rugby. Yeah. And you always think these guys are massive, don't you? These teachers when you're tiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's not. He's like five foot. Yeah. Five foot piss all and a squirt, if if anything. <laughs> yeah. So, and he used to if. If you didn't put all your effort into it, if you didn't like rugby, right, he would physically pick you up and throw you on the field. He could give you, call you all kinds of names and give you all kinds of verbal abuse. Seriously. And be little you because you weren't playing rugby. Right? That's disgusting. And that went on into secondary school with a guy called Clive Shell. Okay. Clive Shell, oh, absolute dickhead. Yeah. He was our gym teacher. Right. And um, his claim to fame was he played for Wales for 30 seconds. Went to one point, right? And he's, he lived off that. That He made his career on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was a thug and a bully. And he made everybody's life hell who didn't want to play rugby. Right? Don't like playing rugby. So what? You know, not yeah. everybody's supposed to play rugby. Yeah. But he made, your, he made everybody's life hell. And when I was about 16, 17... Yeah. Um... We'd stop playing rugby and all that. And we had a swimming pool in the comp. So, like, because we, we were in part of the six, we had elective sports. So, we'd just go swimming. Okay. And I remember one time Clive Shaw was on to look after us and monitor the whole thing. And he, when we all got out of swimming he said something and he was just needling at me. So, I turned around and called him a, called him a dummy and he punched me square in the face. Seriously? Punched me, bang, full on in the face. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. But that's this is why I don't like rugby because that yeah, mentality because yeah, yeah. because that mentality that runs through if you're a little bit different if you don't like what we yeah. like we're gonna pick on you we're gonna we're gonna make your life a misery yeah and that's why I can't stand rugby and that's just magnified by the Six Nations yeah 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 because yeah. it just builds up so you know I, I'd say otherwise rational people become these chest beating bigoted more that alpha male like, bullshit yeah, isn't it? and it's just nonsense yeah yeah you know I don't need this alpha male crap in my life no. You know, if, if if you want to take a swing, that's fair enough. Take a swing, but I'm going to swing. I, yeah. I don't need to fight these guys because I've fought these guys plenty of times. Yeah. I'm not always one, but I'll have well, a good well, go. There we go, yeah. yeah. You know? Don't, don't mess with D&D, fan. Well, don't worry. <laughs> You'll I'll go pull, to axes. I'll pull out magic missile on you on your axe. <laughs> Plus four, because I've got... <laughs> I've got enchanting weapons. <laughs> so that's why you're mad as hell this week. That's why I'm mad as hell this week. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Let's move on to something we do like. That's Marvel. There's lots of things we do like. <laughs> Marvel's one of them. All right. So recently, Panini released um, a compendium of uh, Marvel's 1000th issue. Yeah, which is uh, eighty years of Marvel. Yeah, it's sort of it is, but it's it's like a celebration of eighty years of Marvel. And yeah, it's like a compendium of issues one thousand and one thousand one. Yeah, and it's basically one hundred twenty-two different one-page stories that are all linked by a central theme, pulled together by Al Ewing, the writer Al Ewing. That's right. Is, Al Ewing is something special. Yeah, they got we, we, eighty we, different teams as well, didn't they? A creative teams. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's a com- it's a massive yeah. list of who's who from comic books. Yeah. Um, and it's just fantastic. Hmm. And that, so the Panini Compendium is out next week. Okay. Uh, and it just, it looks incredible. And it's just a test when you can sit down, you can take something different from each of these stories. Because they all they all link into the 80 years of like, what was timely and then later became Marvel in yeah. 1960. So um, they all been given an assignment, like, yeah, you do a Spider-Man. Yeah, well, well, they come a... with an idea. And then, like, there's Al Ewing stories. It's like an artifact that runs through that's uh, helped to create essentially the Marvel Universe, create the, the, the different sides, like um, 
different factions in the Marvel Universe okay. since it first appeared. It's, it's helped heroes, it's helped villains, it's helped scientists, it's helped all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But that it, it sort of runs through um, the book. But there's stories about like ma- massive hits from Marvel's history and like, small fry, and they're all brought together. I mean, my one criticism, there's not enough Howard the Duck, but that's, you know, a one-page story about Howard the Duck, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because you know I'm not hinting that anybody like Panini should do like a, a How the Duck Compendium, but they should. <laughs> um, do you say he's grossly uh, overlooked? Oh God, yeah. yeah. And now that because you know, Kevin Smith was about to do that series, a How the Duck series. Yeah, Marvel, yeah. It's been cancelled. Oh really? Every extraneous Marvel Studios property or, or show yeah. that isn't directly wasn't directly being produced by Disney has been cancelled. Oh shit, that would be awesome. So all the Netflix stuff is gone. All the Hulu stuff's gone. Like yeah. uh, Agents of Shield is gone. Runaways is gone. Club yeah, yeah. is done. It's all stopped. So does that include Daredevil and? Punisher? Oh, well, Dead, oh, Daredevil, Punisher, Jessica Jones, and yeah. Luke Cage hmm. and Ifis. They were the first things to go. They were the first things to go on because because they, they made the first the third series of. Daredevil I knew they, they, they were saying they were shutting down, but yeah, they actually third series done of Daredevil was made. They pulled it. Second yeah. series of Punisher was made. They pulled it. The third series of Jessica Jones made, they pulled it. The second series of Luke Cage pulled it. The second series of Ifus pulled it. Ifus was starting to get really, really good. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it was starting to go the direct. They had Brubaker direction by the end of the second series. Okay. And I, I, I still firmly believe that Ed Brubaker's run on Ifus is like, um, it's a four volume run, maybe mm. five volume runs, so it's like maybe 30 issues. It's one of the greatest comic books of the 21st century. Really? It's so good. Wow. Because Brubaker went straight from uh, writing the death of Captain America yeah. arc into writing Ifus. And he took that sort of street level, really gritty mentality, but combined it with ancient mythology and a much wider global outlook, and he made something incredible. Mm, yeah. I, they're the books I'll read once a year. I'll always just to recap. Every time house, yeah. I'm I'm gonna sit down today. It's all about life. It's, it's a go to book. Yeah. Is, oh my Ed Brubeck is so good. Yeah. Excellent. So yeah, there you go. Marvel Faust sort of tied together. Hi there, this is H from Acid Rain, and you are listening to the Mass Movement Podcast, because you're a sensible, clever, smart individual. Oh, Death's Head. Yeah, so you've been living a Death's Head as well. Oh, I stayed on the old... uh... I'm I'm, I'm a bit of a Death's Head fan, was. Yeah. Um, Still am, and the new book by Timmy Howard is really good. (laughs) Really? Okay. Um, I just like the idea that you've got this uh, sort of mechanical entity who... Everything's a rhetorical question for him. Yeah. Because he's still, oh, so I'm going to kill you now, yes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because every, every fleshy creature around him is of less significance than he is. Yeah. And I, I just love that idea. And he's, he's like Marvel UK's greatest homegrown UK. I was going to say, yeah, he originated in Marvel UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, the, like I the new book, has, when you read it, it feels like it's gone from that period. Yeah. And the artwork has a really retro feel to it. So you feel like you're stepping back into the death's head yeah. heyday. But at the same time, Tinny House does something wonderful. She's sort of tied it in with the Young Avengers. So it's sort of teasing the Young Avengers return. Okay. I, did you know, to realize, I didn't realise there was a Marvel UK. There was... So would American, like, would American Marvel fans been exposed to death's head? I suppose they have now. Well, you will now, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because the new death's head book is, is, is a US book anyway. Okay, it's, right. Because Marvel's a US... But back then, was it primarily then, it was UK? A UK? Yeah, Death's Head was a UK character. Well, yeah. I, mean, okay. I don't know what impact he had on the initial US market when he first appeared. Yeah. Um, what impact he initially had, rather. Uh, but yeah, the, the character's 
Because he crossed over into Transformers as well, didn't he? he was yeah, a, a Transformers. Was a massive crossover. He's yeah. just a really good, solid character, and you know, you you kind of think, well, we what impact do we have on four color development as far as Marvel's concerned? But there you got Captain Britain and, and Deathside, the two yeah obvious figures, and um, well, Miracle Man. Well, not Miracle Man's a, a US thing, but Alan Moore when he wrote Captain Britain sort of tried changed the way you look at superhero comics him and Alan Davis when they did yeah. that it's a fantastic book it's yeah. really really good so is that um, out now Deathside Deathside's out now um, okay. another you get a Marvel trade or you get the Panini trade they're both essentially the same book okay. uh, the Panini one might be easy to find in the Marvel one um, or volume one hopefully it'll continue hopefully it'll bring in the younger bring the young Avengers back into the Marvel universe as yeah. well but yeah I can't recommend it enough it's definitely checking out if you're looking for the best new bands punk and hardcore have to offer, look no further than Engineer Records, sponsors of Mass Movement Presents. We also like figures. Oh, we love figures. We love figures. No, well, I'm, I know. I'm, I'm not. The thing is, like, my missus hates figures. So I'm not allowed to actually collect figures. Okay. So it's like a thing of, I, I like to look at them and lust after them. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what would you like to collect? If you were, I'd be on. I'd be all over Super Seven's reaction series. Super Seven, okay. Absolutely yeah. all over it. Okay. Because they've got, I mean, they're featuring like the what's the latest? Like it's um, there's a second wave of Iron Maiden figures. Yeah, yeah. Which look super, but I'm just all over the, those Archie figures. I think they look incredible. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. I would. And the other ones do the uh, the Slayer figure. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. Is it Well, there's Slayer and, and Alien, Aliens. Yeah. All kinds of transformers are in there. It's just immense teenage mutant ninja turtles. But they got an authentic old school look, haven't they? they yeah, they do universal monsters. They do yeah. And if it was me, if Super Seven are listening, they would care to send me a box of the universal <laughs> monsters and Archie figures. I would not say no, and I would promote the hell out of them. <laughs> yeah. If you're listening, Super Seven, because <laughs> they are superb. They are beautifully crafted. Yeah. That sort of again, like retro look to them that makes you think. This reminds me of my childhood. This yeah. reminds me of what it was like. When I was growing up, these are the toys I'd want to play with. But my problem would be keeping them actually in the packet. I couldn't keep them mint. Yeah. You know, I keep, I keep them mint for maybe a day or two, and then I'd have a couple of beers and be like, "You're coming out to play with me." <laughs> yeah. Let's play figures. Come on, Archie. Let's play Archie versus Alien. <laughs> it would be better than AVP from. Well, I like yeah. AVP from Dark Horse. Yeah, yeah. You would, I'm doing this for real. I play <laughs> with my toys. <laughs> Toys meant to be played with, I think. Yeah, oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I absolutely think they're meant to, meant to be played with. I mean, I've got mates who sell toys. I yeah. sort of do the sort of collecting, who would vehemently disagree and say, no, 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 midget box, midget box. But no, you know. Mr. Torres? I'm not mentioning any names, but Richard is probably one of them. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, Richard's a good guy, man. He's, he's one of the best. <laughs> Richard really is one of the best people I know. Um, but yeah, he would argue that the the the, the case for Minton Box to sell, and even though I know he's played lots of his toys, <laughs> I played lots of his toys with him. But okay. <laughs> we're talking toys here, yeah. Oh, we're not talking sex toys, you pervert. Oh, I don't know. I thought, I thought we were, were talking in Cody or something. Oh, mate, I'm too old and tired for that. Cup of tea, cup of tea, and hot water, whatever. I can't even know. I can't even. What they call? You've got now. Hold the bottle. That's all. Hold the bottle. 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 Hold the
I have seen something you have not seen. What's that? I have seen your mother's because on the washing line. Ah! <laughs> oh my god, yeah. I thought it was the <laughs> yeah. I love the guns. Yeah. But yeah. again, and, and that's another thing that gets on my nerves, right? Yeah. It really gets, winds my, you know, my missus, right, mm. does not like Peter Sellers. Really? Yeah, really. How can you not like Peter Sellers? Because he was a drunk and he was a wife beater, yes, he was, but you know, <laughs> I, you can't excuse that in any way you look at it. Um, but she just she doesn't find Shaku so funny. Okay. I I can't understand why she doesn't find Shaku so funny. Yeah. I think the pink panthers are the funniest thing yeah. in the world. Yeah. Yeah. You know, nothing said the lord, the minky, you want minky? I think it takes a certain person, but yeah, I can see why. Yeah. yeah. yeah but uh, and that relationship between Herbert Lom with you know. Inspector Dreyfus. Yeah. Because that he is one of the most understated, genuinely wonderful comic performances of all time. <laughs> Inspector Dreyfus with the Kilkuso and the twitchy eye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I can relate to that every single day. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. You know, trying to chase up writers and people to send stuff in. It's like, kill this writer, kill <laughs> I can absolutely relate to people yeah. not hitting deadlines and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. back to Super 7. If they would care to send us some action figures, courtesy of Mask Woman, we would very much appreciate it. Oh, definitely. Because we, definitely. we love their toys and we will endorse their toys and do whatever they want to do. <laughs> Basically, bend us over and <laughs> bend me over and do whatever they want. You guys are really exactly. Okay. Put those but figures yeah. wherever you want. Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 Saturday so. <laughs> It's caught up with Picard. Oh, uh, I was a week behind you, I think. I think we're on episode two now. Yeah, I've, so you've seen both. You've I've seen, seen one. one. I've seen one. I've seen episode yet. two. No, so, oh, mate. So stay there. <laughs> oh, what an interesting story. Yeah, it gets, it gets better. From the first, from the off, you just sort of... Oh, it gets I mean, better yeah. in episode two. Okay. When you find out what... Because they, they drop a massive storyline okay you know, on you in episode two that hints that in episode one because like you're the romulans attacking yeah De- dash at the end yeah 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 the you find out who they are and what it's all related to right and it's just oh that's so good yeah oh and you're just sitting there like oh trousers are off <laughs> <laughs> this is good this is proper star but it, it really is yeah i thought it was gonna be like and he's brilliant Slumping round his um his vineyard. <laughs> oh, woe is me, yeah. Shakespeare. Yeah. Oh, the grapes haven't grown this season. Oh, boy, you're a lass. I knew him well. He would not have drink of my vines. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, it had me from the off. Such a good character. And yeah, and you, you, I mean, I kind of miss. See, with Star Trek: The Next Generation, mm. I, I I was of the belief that. That started the Star Trek, what I refer to as the Star Trek curse, in that Star Trek Next Generation, mm. Deep Space Nine, Voyager. Yeah. None of them got really good until season three. Yeah, the yeah. The first yeah. two seasons, they're all right. Yeah. They are what I would describe as mediocre at best. Yeah. You hit season three, something happens, and it just goes... Whoom. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. It takes off like a rocket. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with um, that. With Discovery, when that came on, mm. that hit the ground running from the first episode on. 
Yeah, very much the so. The car that's hit the ground running from the first episode on. Yeah. It's like, we don't have time to develop it over two seasons and let have two seasons of TV's changed, doesn't because it? Because there's so much people to watch. We need to grab people Yes. Like that. Yeah, agree. And yeah. that's what the Picard has done. Yeah. It's literally like Patrick Stewart hasn't spent any time away from his character. Yeah. And I like the idea that he's a bit older and he's a bit enfeebled, you know, and he's, he's not saying, I might look like a 79 year old man, but I'm yeah. still fighting on it. He can't. He is acting. His character. He, he has limits. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he knows his own limitations. Yes. Yeah. And that adds to the wonderfulness of the series. I, I, it's the second episode is better than the first. Yeah. My only. There was a moment when I went, oh. Okay. I didn't expect them to drop an F bomb into Star Trek. An F bomb. An F bomb. A proper. God damn. F bomb. Proper F bomb. Proper F bomb. Wasn't an F bomb in um, Discovery? Or was it an S bomb? S bomb. Okay. But this is an F bomb. I don't think you don't expect an F bomb to be dropped in the presence of Jean Luc. Like, Jean Luc, like, gets the soap out, starts scrubbing somebody's mouth. <laughs> yeah. What have you done? You can't do that in front of Jean Luc. It's, it's not. Yeah, it's not Picard saying it. Surely. I'm not saying nothing. Oh, I cannot be. Well, I'm not saying nothing. No, when yeah, you see yeah, it, okay. When you see it, yeah. you go. Well, well, start shaking your finger at the TV <laughs> that's almost what I did okay <laughs> not quite but I was almost there I was like <laughs> swearing at me I'll have none of that oh, well, like you say though it really did hit the ground running an awesome series I've set up an awesome series what I think it's going to be so. I am Dungeon Master your guide in the realm of Dungeons and Dragons so it's been a special birthday this week as well no it was last Sunday last Sunday yeah D&D. Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. 46 years old. Ah, oh, damn, man. That's awesome. Dave Arneson and Gary Gygax should be dead chaps, wherever they are. Because, you know, it's been... I was thinking, like, it's 46 years of Dungeons and Dragons, but it's one of these sort of things you heard about on the grapevine when you were a lot younger. And I played my first game of Dungeons and Dragons in January 1983. Wow. That's how long ago it was. That's crazy. So for me, it's... 36 years so it passed me by see I was I just got straight into sort of computer games like on my spectrum I did right so the D&D thing passed me by but, yeah, um, but admi- admittedly by the time you started playing games yeah like computers were more of a thing yeah 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 in 82 83 it was like you know what's your like the ZX81 and Pong yeah, that, that three four years I mean, was between us yeah, was yeah, yeah. massive, really. Oh, in terms of culture yeah. and yeah. well, you know, it, it was it was massive. Because we had Pong and Space Invaders, and mm. by the time you were of that age, there was games like you know Dragon's Lair. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. So it was it's like a massive transition, but yeah, D and D was because it, it was so awesome at the time because mm. it was so different, so radically different. This idea that. You would adopt a character and you would play, and the story would evolve constantly. And eventually, you know, you have a guideline, and, but it's the decisions you make, everybody has to react to because it's, yeah, it was, it was an experience that I've never gone. It's, it's more social than poker. And you Do you know much of the story of how they came up with it? Or? They were both war games, uh, okay. Arneson and Gygax. So G- Gary Gygax was a massive war game in uh, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. It's Wisconsin? Yeah. It's Wisconsin, I think. Either Wisconsin or Milwaukee. Hmm. Uh, my US geography in that area is not brilliant but um, Gygax was a massive war gamer okay and they came up with tabletop rules for, for miniatures and right. that's how it started and Dave Arneson helped him put the whole thing together um, 
1972 through to three, they came up with the rules, and then they decided to, because people started hearing about this and wanted to come and play Gary Gygax's games. Yeah. And then this Greyhawk segment, and it was just this marvellous, massive game that was, was going on. And so they start, they put it together, and they started trying to sell it, and it took off. Yeah, yeah. Exponentially from there, it became the game to play. Um, and I heard about it primarily through my lifelong hetero not so gay partner Richard <laughs> yeah, he's a game. yeah 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 and we, and we played that I played my first game of Dungeons and Dragons with Richard did you really yeah that's and, cool uh, man. yeah so um, and probably your last game as well yeah the last one you played was Richard I, I guess yeah. uh, no last but one you still do play with him though, don't you? yes that's crazy absolutely that's, yeah that's awesome um, last but one was with Richard yeah because um, he lives in Spain now of so when, he yeah, can, yeah, when, he's, yeah. when he's over, yeah. we always make time to at least get a couple of games in. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I played my first game with I still play. <laughs> Six years later, we're still playing D&D. Well, that's great though, man. you got that bond. That's, you know, yeah, Rich is one of your lifelong... Rich is a lifelong friend. You know, he's one of those people you wouldn't... Because we've got loads in common, but not yeah. loads in common. You know what I mean? So we, there's something you played so long ago. I mean, i got lifelong friends, but there's, there's nothing we still do. Right. I've got nothing like I still don't grab my my spectrum. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know? well, yeah, but D is a lot different in that respect. Yeah, 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 I know, it, I know. It, what you're it saying, takes yeah. you the countless directions, the countless yeah sort of other things. I mean, from Dungeons and Dragons, you know, you at the time, um, like Games Workshop was had started up. Mm, yeah. And what they were doing was they were licensing other role play systems from the US. Yeah. So that was how we found out about things like Call of Cthulhu, which then led into reading H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. And playing games like Stormbringer, which then led into reading Michael Moorcock. So it opens up a massive, vast universe. Yeah, yeah. From there, you go into reading like Rob E. Howard and learning about Conan, and all this becomes part of your sort of your DNA. everyday your, your life. Being, and it yeah, it yeah. becomes infused in your DNA. Yeah, and yeah. Just, and your know, comics are already a part of that, and science yeah. fiction is already a part of that. So it all becomes this massive miasma, and you just go, you know, ich bin ein Geek. <laughs> that's, what, that's what you are, more than anything. But it makes you look more underground. It made it, I think, me and Richard and everyone else, we, we started to look for more underground sources of entertainment. So we yeah. film and music and everything, everything that was worth enjoying, yeah. we sought out. You know, We actively went to find these things out and discover them for ourselves. And that's one of the lessons you learn from TNT. Because like, where I live, in Portugal, we were lucky there was a game shop. Um, and it's like a, a couple of miles from the house. So like, if you got some Pokemon, if you walk down the game shop and you mm-hmm. go into Griffin Games and you know, you'd look at the latest miniatures and there'd be latest ga- there'd be gaming systems in and there'd be modules in and you could just sit and then you'd talk to the owner for hours and you'd spend hours in this shop just yeah. talking and then you maybe come out with a couple of miniatures. Yeah, yeah. And back then it wasn't... Everything wasn't just, you know, um, this Games Workshop as it was. It was there were Citadel miniatures at the time that were brought out by Games Workshop which then... Yeah, I guess. There's some of this Ralph Parfa, there's Grenadier as well, and there's TSR making their own miniatures. So you you know, you have all these wonderful little figures that you then take away and paint, they become your avatars for the games and whatever mm. else you're playing. That's how Warhammer then becomes a part of your lexicon because you have got all these figures and you form them into armies and uh, it is it's just it is such a part of my DNA. I know there's so many hours spent 
learning how to interact with people yeah. on a social level and not lose temper and not fight with people. And, you know, making lifelong friends who play these games, people yeah. who like you. So you, you know, because you, you're kind of isolated if you grow up in a small town, you're thinking, oh, well, there's no use like me. Mm. You know? but, but Richard was like me. Yeah, of course, yeah. Robert was like, and then Bino to a lesser extent was like me, but there was like a gaming club, and you know, Adam was like me, and Poggles was like me, and you, you learn that these people, you're not alone, you know, yeah. and you form your own friendships, and sometimes when you're getting beaten up by or ridiculed by other people, it's not so bad because then you know you're not as alone as you were, and that's yeah. what DD gave me. It gave me endless hours of imaginative fun, and it, it taught me how to create essentially something from nothing so because you can vision your adventures you build mm. your adventures as a DM for people to participate and they better be good because they better hook people in and pull them in and make them want to play yeah okay so you have to generate something of interest to you that's going to be of interest to somebody else as I well. see yeah yeah so yeah it's just a fa- it's a fantastic system I can't recommend it enough it goes through sort of resurgences doesn't it every few yeah. as well um, but I mean if, if it's when you if you find it when you're young enough it becomes part of who you are so yeah. it never leaves you it's always there okay you know and you, you wouldn't have stuff like fighting fantasy if it wasn't for D&D of course no, no. because the guys who wrote fighting fantasy yeah, Steve Jackson and Livingston who developed the system were the guys who basically were, were responsible for Games Workshop Games Workshop was them okay they, they, they started out important D&D and selling it from their flat well okay and people would turn up to by D&D yeah. and all sorts of games from Games Workshop they were their first shop because games, games Workshop essentially was just a games shop yeah, that yeah. sold all these other products hmm. then they started developing their own and Steve Jackson and Livingston started, wanted to take D&D to a publisher and try and make it more mainstream right um, and they came up with a fighting fantasy system and that's okay. what fighting fantasy directly stands for that's amazing it's it's a fascinating 46 years old man that's 46 crazy. years yeah yeah and 30 46 years of D&D and 36 years for me. Damn. So, so you're another 46 then? And me, and well, hopefully I'll be that. dead by then and this misery they call life will be over and done with. You'll <laughs> still be playing D&D though. Well, D&D in the 80s and 90s. I, 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 I want to have like my... I don't want to be buried. I just want to be like have a D20 shaped urn. <laughs> okay, yeah. And then everything can take me out and roll me every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> ah, 20, yeah. <laughs> Double damage. Hello everybody, this is Igor Cavalera from Pepric, Cavalera Conspiracy, and you guys are listening to Mass Movement Podcast. Right, should we have a track? Let's have a track. Who are we going to have a track from? We're going to have a track by Guilt Whip, a brand new band from South Wales. And they are awesome. Yeah, I believe it's their first track. This is their first musical output. Yeah. Paul Singer used to be in Shape by Fate. Yep. Um, and amongst other bands. Um, this is their first track. It's called Inner Violence and it's a banger. Check it out. Mistakes. I never knew right from wrong. Let's 
Okay, that was uh, Inner Violence by Guilt Whip. Uh, like I said, banger. So let's, let's move on. Um, as I said, we've lost a lot of people already in 2020. We're only... Uh, oh, just, what, it's, it's yeah, early February recording this, and it's, uh, it's unbelievable. Kick, massive kick of the dick. Yeah, massive, and massive. We, we want... We, you know, these people have all influenced us, so we'd like to shout them out. So we've got a few now to talk about. Yeah. And we're, so we're going to start with... Um, Terry Jones. Terry Jones, man. Um, go on, we're, we're, what's your Terry Jones? Uh, oh, it's just Python. It, it, you know, yeah, yeah, I think everybody's... The thing with Python is this, for me. Yeah. I'm not a fan of the series. Okay, the I movies. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. But the series, I just think, oh, aren't we trying to be so clever? <laughs> <laughs> some of it are like... I, I was yeah, like... There are some sketches that are genuinely funny. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. a lot of it, you always feel like... Oh, Really, is people trying too hard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when again, this goes back to school. And so I'm in in the comp, and uh, so children in need or some shit. And we were in sixth form, and a bunch of the uh, people I was in sixth form would decided it would be a great idea to reenact the Monty Python thing with a climbing up a street. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they decided they want to climb up, you know, John yeah. Street. And uh, everybody's there to cheer him along, and I just went along. I just felt like kicking them all in the face because <laughs> <laughs> I thought you, you, there's no originality. You're you're ripping off something somebody else has done that wasn't funny in the first place. Yeah, right? yeah. And you're expecting me to give money to charity. I mean, like one of the people there I really like is because she's so girlfriend. She was very cool, but the rest of them I just felt like stamping on them because <laughs> <laughs> it was all those sort of sanctimonious assholes. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, who was like. Yeah, well, I'd be careful. Watch, watch, watch. You know, like you'd expect Python to be. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But they weren't. I mean, I and but the films made me laugh. The films were genuinely funny, and I loved ripping yarns. Okay. Yeah. So Terry Jones and Michael Pelley ripping yarns. Yeah, that yeah. Was brilliant. Yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. Far better than Python. Yeah. And I think Python's reputation is maybe overhyped, a little overblown. Yeah. Um, the films are brilliant. I said you can't. Life of Brian. Ho- Holy Grail makes me laugh. Oh, my so God, long. yeah. And I like the meaning of life. I think the meaning of life has some yeah, wonderful yeah. moments when death visits the Americans at the end. I think that's yeah. really funny. And, you know, it's the salmon moose. But no, nobody played, like, a, a, a sort of um, shrill sort of woman. You know, did that shrill nobody woman your, like Terry Jones? Nobody played your mother better than Terry Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Terry Jones yeah. essentially plays everybody's mother. Yeah, yeah. But he was just... Uh, <laughs> I mean, he was all hilarious. your mother taken to the nth degree. Terry Jones was brilliant in that, and, and he was fantastic at character. He was a genuinely funny man in his own right, and I think he was constrained by Python. Yeah. To a large degree, but some of Michael Palin when they were together were just wonderful. Yeah, yeah. As a as by ripping yards, because that was just hysterically funny. I found that far funnier than anything Python did 
as a yeah. TV series. Yeah. And dude's going to be missed. I mean, I like some of the stuff I um, some of the sketches, some of the classic ones like uh, the Argument Clinic. Right. That's you know, that's classic. There's the um, the upper class Twitter. The uh, you know that that some I like some of that. But yeah, I I'm what I think Python. I think of the movies. Yeah. So I'm not the same issue with that. It's more entertaining, I think. Isn't yeah. It? And because you know, it's a two-hour slice. That's it. Yeah. You know, there's a story. It's going to go somewhere. We're going to do something within it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I just think the sketches just have the tendency to disappear at their own backside. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but again, that's me, and I'm a miserable old sod, so <laughs> you don't really want to listen to anything I say. But they would probably love you for that. Well, I would hope so. They'd have, they'd have a sketch about you. <laughs> I, would, I would hope somebody would love you. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, from a hardcore point of view, we it's lost... Just, uh, devastating, man. Yeah, Vinnie Value oh, uh, and Reed Mullen. Vinnie Value, first of all, I mean... You, I, yeah, I think he went a couple of days before. Yeah. Um, uh, and these, uh, I, I, I these spe- Nothing's come up about how Vinny went. I don't even want to speculate on it. No, if no. If I did have to speculate on it, it would be a very dark place, I think. Yeah, yeah. Was in. Um, and we've all been there. You know, I just wish yeah. I'd been able to reach out and talk to somebody and just... Yeah. Because the guy's music had such a massive impact. Because we're not talking old guys here, we're talking... Vinny's like late 40s, 50s? Yeah. He's my age. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Um, it's crazy, yeah. Yeah, so Vinny was my age. I think, you know, NRSV, through to War, NRSV, Warzone. Warzone and yeah. Uh, Russ was in Grey Area. area. Yeah. yeah. Kill um, Your Idols. Yeah, Kill Your Idols. And That's hell of a CV <sighs> for, for anybody. One of the best things I remember about Kill Your Idols was they played Evil Fest. Yes, they the did. The last Evil Fest. Yeah. I was at this last Evil Fest. Yeah. And... Evil Fest was um, Massive Fest. Hardcore Fest was put on by household name yeah in London records in the garage in London yeah late 90s was it about 3 or 4 yeah, years yeah late before? 90s so it's like two or three 97 years. through to maybe 99 yeah yeah I think or maybe 96 was the 99 yeah anyway the one um, Kill Your Idols played yeah. uh, it was them and Violent oh, Violent somebody else from the States they were the two bands I was there to see and I gone and we so I was there with them and we <clears throat> gone through there was like a couple like Couple of H8000 bands were playing. Yeah, yeah. Raging Speedhorn played. Oh, did Archangel play? Archangel? I think it might be Archangel who played. Yeah, 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 yeah. Raging Speedhorn played as well. Right. Um, and they always made my teeth hurt whenever they played. Because <laughs> it's, it's so much bass, your teeth are just yeah, yeah. crying together. But when Killing Your Idols hit the stage and they started playing, it was the best old school circle pit I'd seen in oh, years. Yeah, yeah. It was, was counterclockwise. And there was a bunch of 20-something, 30-something dudes all whipping it around. They're sort of that band, though. They're, they're from that sort of slapshot, negative approach. Sort yeah, of, yeah. You know. And they were just phenomenal. Um, and that's my overriding memory of Kill Your Idols. And NRSV, I always remember, because they were, they were the... F- and I, uh, it was an NRSV album. It was the first record to ever arrive be reviewed by Mass Movement. Was it really? Yeah, it was. <coughs> Bit of mass movement history there as well. Uh, two, da- two damn hype records, I believe, sent it through. Yeah, okay, yeah. And it was just amazing. Just hearing songs like, more tattoos, more tattoos, we yeah. to get some more tattoos. Because <laughs> they just didn't care. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, you, there's no... It was just, let's have fun. And that's I think that's what Vinny's life was about. Was a they came from that Murphy's Law sort of... Yeah, uh, yeah, that sort of tradition of, yeah. let's just have a part. And that's what Vinny... There's enough well, serious hardcore. Let's let's put some fun on it. Right, and uh, you know, Vinny, I guess they always struck me as being a really fun guy. And I've never, yeah. some, I mean, I interviewed him once, and he was funny, and he made me laugh. Yeah, you know, 
I've never met anybody who had a bad word to say about Vinnie Valley. No, that's right. A, you know, had anything even remotely negative to say about him. Yeah. Everybody loved him. Everybody who met him loved him. Well, he I mean, the, the outpouring. Stigma. The outpouring since, since he died, um, you can just see from all walks of life. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the hardcore community is obviously there's been on Instagram and Facebook. There's been, right. But there's just been uh, loads of people you wouldn't expect. And I'm just, uh, you know, he, he seemed like a genuine, everybody liked him. Everybody uh, loved Vinnie Valley. Yeah. And it's just heartbreaking to see someone go. It is, yeah, yeah. It's like Reed Mullen. Yeah, man. You know, I, I know the dude had health problems. Yeah, he did um, for a long time. But it's all alcohol was, raised, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, but he was he was another one of those guys who helped build something from nothing. And he's never sort of credited with being the foundation of COC. No, that's right. The rally scene. He would have, you know, that North Carolina rally scene was really important to begin the crossover. Yeah, he was, yeah. if it wasn't for COC... Arguably, you wouldn't have it. COC and DRI sort of, and bands like them, Cryptic Slaughter built that up from nothing. And um, was guys like Reed Mullen who would, you know, organise shows, take people to shows, put bands up, yeah. sort of organise tours, sell T-shirts, hang out with the kids who went to these shows, who made a lasting impression on them, you know? And again, nobody had a bad word to say about it. No, again, again, lovely guy from all walks of life. You get, you know, the outpouring has from all walks of life. Um from sort of rock stars. I mean, there's not many people who sort of, you get James Hetfield from Metallica yeah. saying like, you know, RIP, and you get like Freddie Mabble saying RIP. Yeah. There's not many people who reach but he, that, you know, he walked, that range. He just walked through all those avenues of life. Yeah. And it didn't affect him. Yeah, you know, yeah. Apart from, he had his struggles and he had his demons. Yeah. We've all got our struggles and we've all got our demons and, you know, he's got the better of him and it's, sometimes, you know, you, you just want to, We'd be able to reach out to these people and just give them a hug and yeah. say it's going to be okay. Totally. You know, because you, you will get through this and yeah. sometimes it just doesn't work. It just doesn't happen. So they haven't got the strength to do mm. all this for some other reason they don't want to. Yeah, yeah. So unfortunately, what's happening to read? It's very sad, yeah, yeah. yeah. COC is such an important band, though. Oh, yeah, and then there's Josh Pape. Yeah, again. I'm 53, about... 53 years old, man. Yeah. Um... And I, you know, I. The influence that guy had on my life musically because he went from DRI because he played on like, uh, dealing with it and then crossover and yeah. four of a kind and then he went from DRI to play with Gangrene yeah yeah uh, two of the bands who I worshipped during okay. my teenage years and in my early 20s and as a bass player you know, I would when I started playing bass I was trying to emulate everything Josh Pappy did and there's a bass break on I think it's probation off cross- crossover and when I nailed that the first time I nailed that it yeah. was just like yeah, <laughs> you, know, you, you feel oh, it's like yeah, yeah. yeah. You're something familiar. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm looking good today, <laughs> and that's because I want to. I wanted to play like Josh Pappy. Really? Yeah, yeah. This sort of massive aggression, yeah. but a refined aggression at the same time. Of course, yeah. And it was there, and you know, he could thrash with the best, and he could pull it back and play ultra well, tunable stuff at the same yeah. time. He was a one of a kind. Do we know the cause then? Oh, it's a heart attack. Apparently it's a heart attack. At 53 years old, I know he'd had a really rough time mm. uh, last couple of months. He was, his, he'd lost everything. His house had burned down. He'd lost everything in the fire. Then he'd been laid off from work Yeah. Uh, the next month. So he had nothing. Yeah. And That's so sad. I mean, for some again, somebody so influential. Dude had been living in his car. And you just think, how the hell did someone like Josh Pappy end up yeah, in that situation? Yeah. You know, who's given so much to so many people. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And this is what happens to him. Yeah. You know, you need to reach out and just say, dude, come stay with me. Was he in the uh, the DRI, sort of the recent DRI? No. 
lineup he wasn't no, in that lineup. No, 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 no. He hadn't, he hadn't been in DRI since ninety shit maybe eighty nine. Okay. Um, so what did you have to gangrene anything you have to gangrene? Not a lot, I don't think. Because I think he was in Gangrene when they split up and then he just played with some local bands and just sat okay. down and yeah, got yeah. on with life. You know, that was then and this is now. Yeah, yeah. We're know. losing too many people on this scene and we, we need do, to... Uh, you know, I think maybe it's an age thing that we're all getting to, to a certain age. And I mean, obviously there's health issues here as well, but, you know, if there's any other issues, somebody, get out, some talk to somebody. Yeah, just, just reach out. Yeah, you know, just, reach out. There's people who will listen these days. Um, people mm-hmm. are more willing to listen to, you know, yeah, I mean, maybe not as many as you as would like to pretend they're there to listen, but yeah, yeah, but there is somebody, there yeah, are yeah. some of us who walk that path. But you know, that macho still, bullshit is like obviously yeah, a but, thing of the past now. We can, yeah, like, but know. I mean, what I, what I don't like as well is the other people who sort of reach out via social media and post all this stuff. Well, you know, oh, we're here to listen to you, and then they never are. They're yeah. never, they're never the people who exactly know something's going missing, and then reach out to you. Yeah, I don't say they are. But they'll never do it. That's just posturing on on bloody social media. Yeah, it's it's nonsense. Yeah. But, you know... They're genuine people. It's R.I.P. Terry Jones, Vinnie Value, Reed Mulling, and Josh Josh Pappé. Yeah. Yeah. Sleep well, guys. Safe journey. This is Roger from Agnostic Front. You're listening to Mass Movement Presents. Let's have a track. Let's pick it up here. Let's have a track now from... These guys on Engineer Records. So this is a track from a band called Crosstide. This track is called Highwire. Check it out.
Okay, cool. So last week, as promised, I spoke to Barney, Mark Barney Greenway from Napalm Death. Yeah, Barney, hi boy. Yeah, uh, he was a good lad. Lovely to talk to him. We're looking yeah. forward to seeing him on tour with Oh Yeah God and Misery Index. Feels like one of those old school tours, like from back in the early 90s. Yeah. Do you know one of those package tours? It was just like similar bands. So he explains a little bit in the interview about this. All this came together. I can't wait to go see that. Wow. But, um, see, I'm there for Napalm Death. I'm not a massive IA God fan. No? No. Oh, okay. I, it's, I think they're a very Marmite band. You either I'd love them yeah, or yeah. you don't. Yeah. And, you know, much as I love Marmite, I don't like IA God. <laughs> I wish I did, but I, you know, I'll know, i try to get into them. It's just like, eh, it don't work for me. But Napalm Death, my God, they haven't done a bad thing in their life. <laughs> <laughs> that first, that's the bad. first IA God, Takers Needed for Pain, was just a soundtrack for 94 for me. <laughs> it was just uh, well, incredible. Ninety four, so that would be. That's what I found. I think it came out ninety three, but I found yeah. it around ninety four. I think. But um, around that time, it was all because that's when the epitaph explosion was happening for me. So it was like Norfex and okay Pennywise and all that. Man, we were which, which I've been led into by Bad Religion anyway. So we were yeah. opposite ends of the spectrum then. Yes. We were. <laughs> <laughs> all right, anyway, back to Barney. Yeah. Uh, this is what he had to say. Okay. Hello, everybody. This is Igor Cavalera from Pepric, Cavalera Conspiracy, and you guys are listening to Mass Movement Podcast. Hello, Barney. It's Chris for Mass Movement. How's things? Not so bad. You okay? Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I know, I know Mass Movement magazine. You know Tim, yeah? Yeah, I know Tim very well. I've had for many, many years, actually. Yeah, He's yeah. Top, top, man, top man, Tim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, then. So, um, yeah, obviously, uh, you're going on tour in Europe and UK next month. Yeah. The tour with uh, Iron God uh, Misery Index to me reminds me it's an old school feeling. It reminds me of those package tours like from the early nineties. Yeah. Are you looking forward to it? When did you first sort of uh, meet all the Iron God guys? Uh, mate, I mean, I, I think you know, I mean, the general point, I suppose, is that you should you should always kind of look forward to because if you're not, then you should not bother doing it. Yeah, anymore. true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, I, I think that's that. Just as a general point, I mean, I, I. I I, I, you know, I'm the sort of person that um, I think Napalm is the kind of band, you know, it's it's it can't be fifty percent, you know, it, it's got to be hundred percent, you know, and therefore, you know, um, the the whole sort of building of the tours, the tour, every tour that we try to do, to be honest with you, we we try not to do just the run of the mill kind of thing, you know, that that's, that people might expect, you know, um, I mean Napalm has its has its feet in, in, in a few different genres, you know, yeah. and I think yeah. so. We try to we try our very utmost to reflect that, you know, um, because first and foremost, we've got to be happy, you know, going out with a certain package, you know. So, uh, and obviously that the that the people that are going to come will it will appreciate it, you know. So, I mean, I, I know that all makes it sound a bit kind of contrived, but it's not, you know what I mean? It, the idea is to make it the best for everybody, I suppose, you know. Of course, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah I mean, the, the guys themselves I've known, I mean, I've known Jimmy since the Crowbar days, you know. Yeah, I've known yeah. Mike yeah. Since. yeah. For who knows when, you know, and so, so you know, and and the guys from 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 the other bands as well, you know, a long, long old time. So, how how did it all come together? Did you, I mean, did you put it together yourselves, or was it sort of? Well, we we, we always have, like Napalm's very hands on, you know, as you, as you, as you might expect, you know. I mean, we still have that very sort of, um, we, yeah. I mean, we have sort of people helping us out, but we have like, you know, we still have the very sort of 
not to sound too cliche about this, but we have a very DIY sort of yeah, approach to yeah. things. So, we, we, you know, if you'd have seen the list of bands that we had before this, I mean, it was fucking insane, you know. But, <laughs> but you know, unfortunately, there are, and you know, obviously I'm not going to, but there are, there, are, there are bands that just don't want to, do stuff you know with certain bands and they have you know a very their own criteria which which is fine that's to them you know but so yeah yeah the, the, the this tour could have been a, a a variety of interesting configurations you know but um so yeah i mean you know it's it's uh it's uh yeah yeah we, we, we had a very big involvement with it you know and we, we just basically and formed it from there you know what we could get and uh who we wanted you know and, and the combination of the two you know so i mean so i mean with so much sort of uh, material drawn upon these days how do you go about choosing set lists now does it depend where you're playing no i, I mean I, I, I wouldn't say that you know you know the one thing i would say is not should not be a criteria for choosing a set list is uh, and the best way to explain this is to just illustrate the point so so we went and did did, did the Glastonbury thing, you know, and there were some people were saying, not not internally within the band, but I was like, oh, what, are you, what kind of set are you going to do? You're going to do all the stuff that's a bit less, you know, confrontational and a bit less like whiteness. I was like, no, what, what would be the point of doing that? You know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's like we are, people like us for what we are as a band, you know, and, and if, if, if that connects with most people, then why wouldn't connect with more people beyond that you know i mean what what why do you want to why do you want to dilute yourself you know just to do a gig that's that's a bit elevated you know in terms of the public awareness and why, why would you want to do that you know it's like that's, of course yeah so so um so basically what we try and do is that is just give give a bit of something for everybody you know because there's napalm is one of those bands that tends to get split into eras it's not that we necessarily do that as the band members, but people on the outside of the band do tend to do that. So, so then taking that kind of logic, then we try and pick something from everything. Um, and and for, at least from my side of things, I always I always have this thing that I want to change it, you know, consistently because you go you go a lot of places uh, or close to places that may have already seen you once in the last twelve months, and I think. I think it's always a good thing to give people something different, you know, give them different songs, you know, give them a different flavour, a different feel to the set list, you know. So we're always, always striving to do that, you know, always to make the band constantly evolving in all aspects, you know. We've never we've never sort of, as far as we could help it, let Napalm just stagnate or try to, you know. We've always tried to kind of move it on, you know, with the, with the, with the ethos and the, and the kind of general style of the band as the... As the as the sort of underpinning things, really. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned the the people see the band as sort of uh, two different sort of eras. I was recently involved in a sort of Many debate. Different eras. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was I was involved eras, in a debate actually, recently. Yeah. Uh, it came up online who was considered the definitive vocalist, and it's surprisingly I was I was split. Like I mean I I think the main, I think it came across that you are, but people see it as oh, two different true. bands. It's so strange. Like there's the Lee era yeah. and then there's yourself. Yeah. See, I don't see it that way. No, I, I, I don't think I do. But... Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I you know, I, I, the thing is, I always looked, like, I always looked at it like this. To, to my mind, this general scene that we're in, I, it was always to me like no gods, no masters. And what I mean by that is, you know, is that no matter who you are in the band, it's what you do with it. You know what I mean? So, I, I saw myself as just basically taking the reins from Lee, albeit in sort of 
quite difficult circumstances for him and the band at the time. But I just saw it was taking the reins on. I, I didn't want to sort of make establish my profile over Lee's. Never. I had a lot of time for Lee. He's actually a fucking friend of mine. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so I, I never saw it like that. I just wanted to hopefully make it as impactful as what Lee did, you know, with the band and as what 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 Nick Bullen did before Lee, you know what I mean? So yeah. that was just yeah. always my I don't I just don't see it that way. You know, and, and like another thing to say about it as well is as a band live, we never neglected the old material. We always played it, you know, because it's part of the band, you know. Shit, if we weren't doing that stuff as a band, I'd be really fucking disappointed. Yeah, those, yeah, sorry. Those two albums for me, the first two, and the EP, whatever came after it as well in between, me and like Lee being in the band, those were fucking incredibly important to me as a person, you know, yeah. like formative, like musically. I've so fucking desire to to leave those on the back burner, you know, to to sort of not really kind of touch them. No way, you know. So I guess in a roundabout way, what I'm saying is I just see it as one band, you know. I yeah. don't see it as yeah. different eras, but 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 not unfortunately, but you know that. In reality, that's people do separate the band into ears, so then we have to kind of react to that by by taking something from everything, you know. So yeah, yeah. So switching subjects slightly, couldn't really talk to you uh, without really mentioning. You've always been very uh, politically charged. Current events must be driving you all crazy. Uh, you, you must have a lifetime of material written. But the, the, the thing is, I mean, here's the point to that as well. That also requires a bit of nuance because you could also say that Napalm's an apolitical band, you know, because yeah. we have the understanding that politics means fucking nothing, you know, if it, if it neglects people, because it's people that really matter, you know. So it, it, the weird thing with me is, again, this is a great paradox about things, and I think it's a good thing, you know, is that if you ask me on different days, you know, it's not like, oh, no, we're not a political band because we defy that, you know, we understand that on a lot of times, you know, the whole concept of left or right or what's in the middle is used to divide people. It's used to keep people fucking fighting, you know, it's that classic as people always say, you know, it's the divide and rule concept, you know. So in that sense, we are apolitical, you know, we recognise people as being more important than systems, you know, because if you want to smash the system, you know, again, to bring up cliches, but the whole point of that is to dispense with the politics, you know, so yeah, that's yeah, part sure. of it, you know what I mean? So, so uh, but then on the other side of things, as you rightly point out, there are there are counterpoints that are required, you know, because the, the world doesn't, the world, yeah, there is a great focus on things right now. There is a lot of things to, to focus on, but that's, hasn't that always been the case? Shit, I mean, if you were, if you were, if you were of like just coming to teenage years, uh, just a little bit over a hundred years ago, you'd be, you'd be like pressured into going off to fight in a fucking stupid war that was nothing like nothing but a glorified chessboard. For, Very true. Uh, to yeah. Satisfy the whims yeah. of of the rich and powerful, you know, as ever, you know. So, so it's never been great, you know. But yeah, I mean, we are a counterpoint to things like. Uh, you know, racism and misogyny and sexism, you know, and, and also, of course, other things like uh, keeping, like, 
sexual health, you know, like available to, to all, you know, and especially to women, you know, when there's a mm. great pressure yeah. on women in, in a lot of parts of the world to not have that that access you know we are you know we're also about hopefully illustrating the point that a refugee really is a person it's a person like anybody else is not he or she is not the other you know they are a person i think that's, that's overlooked all too often isn't it that's overlooked yeah, out of that yeah, fact yeah. yeah you know and there's an argument to say that the world has been split into territories again according to the rich and powerful and according to uh, what satisfied their the needs you know so you know there's also an argument for no borders where if you want a more peaceful world just let people settle where they want and as they need and they will they will adjust to the land that they are given because that's what human beings do you know, they evolve you know so you know was, that's that's for me what what napalm is is a part of if you want to if you want to like say is a political band you know so yeah I mean, is that, does that inspire you, though, in your writing um, going forward? Yeah, but all th- everything, anything and everything do, mate. You know, yeah. I, I mean, I actually, I, I try to, yes, I deal with the issues on the surface that every everybody can look at, and then 20 seconds later we'll go, yeah, well, this needs looking at, you know. But I also try to drill down into, like, the psychology of things as well, you know, um, to, again, you know, to make a progression, you know, the band definitely, he progresses musically and I think lyrically the way you express things and the the angles that you come in from can all, can also change and evolve without losing that principal um, message if you want to put it that way you know so so I think there's you know there's always scope for a lot of different ways of doing things cool yeah, cool, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah so going back a few years ago a popular addition to your already popular discography was the Leaders Not Followers albums where you paid homage to you know your influences do you have any plans to do that again or we did we did i mean we talked about it we had uh, we had a, like a you know sort of in the ether like an ideas board or whatever so yeah so we there's definitely plans to do it. it's just when we do it because you know what we've tended to do for many 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 albums now is we always chuck a few covers on the end of albums anyway mm, you know, yeah great everybody also oh, bloody covers but they're great fun to do oh yeah yeah like as in emotional touchstones one of the best things you can do is to is to, is to like is to like take hold of something that you loved you know in your formative years or mm. beyond your formative years musically you know it's it's great fun you know to, to do that stuff you know and i think then, i think then, it was really great to hear like napalm death cover and agnostic front you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah we did af i mean we did anti-symix you know we've yeah bloody uh and you know we, we've really sort of drilled down we could go down even further than that, you know, but it's like, you know, those are the things that immediately came to mind, you know. Um, we did we did Hellhammer, which is a bit more, yeah, you know, what people yeah. know of. We, some other things are a bit more on the, you know, towards the surface. But, but yeah, you know, just, just, just sort of doing things that are, are fun, really, you know. The, the only concern you have when you do covers, and a lot of people as a fan of music do fall foul of this sometimes, is the covers just don't stack against the original you know um, yeah, I mean, and, and i think it, the, the, there's two ways of doing it you know you either do it faithfully or you or you bastardize it a little, you know? <laughs> yeah so either approach is good but i think as long as as long as it sounds like it's got vitality or whatever you're trying to do 
then I think you've achieved it. You know, sometimes you do listen to covers and you go, well, ho-hum, you know, I can just listen to the original. <laughs> but, yeah. but I think you can make them exciting and vibrant, you know, and that's, I think, I think Napalm does try to do that with its own music. So I think if you can achieve that, do the cover, I think it's important, you know, so. Are there any sort of uh, new bands out there that are, that are inspiring you at the moment? You know what, mate, I, I'd... I would say I'm just going nothing, nothing new particularly. Uh, just going back. I mean, I, I I didn't listen. I don't listen to anything while doing Napalm albums. You know, I, I really don't. You know, I very much try and keep it. The influences are always in the back in mind anyway. So I just kind of whatever's coming out of me, I try and keep it. You know, that I've done it first and foremost because I always know those subconscious influences are always going to be there. You know, but but I would say since the album's kind of like almost done all the rest of it I would say I went I was listening to Explosions in the Sky I think if you know that band at all yeah 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 fucking brilliant you mm. know what I mean so so I was listening to some of their stuff I was listening to a bit of um, bit of um, uh, Naked Ray Gun recently you know, yeah, think, yeah. you know it was an old blast from the past you know um, who else oh uh, Nick Cove's band original band um, oh, birth, Birthday Party yeah 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 birthday party a bit of birthday party uh, and then you know sort of the usual kind of negative approach you know deep wound um, so you've got influences uh, coming from everywhere really yeah from yeah. everywhere yeah yeah I mean you know a, a raft just running 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 over a, a, a raft of stuff really um, I always struggle when it comes to I, I, I don't listen to stuff around album time and then yeah. I start and yeah. then, then I tend to then I tend to you know, sort of create an avalanche, you know, with my, my you know, and sort of listen to anything and everything. And you just want to stay focused, yeah? Stay focused. Then, then when I, then when somebody asks me, I'm, well, it's sort of like, um, what the bloody hell did I listen to over the last few weeks? So after 30, 30 odd years of touring now then, what's the most important thing that keeps you sane on the road? Is there things you absolutely, mu- you need, you must have? I always, I always personally take a bag of books with me. You know, because yeah. because I, I am a book reader. I'm not a Kindle reader, nothing like that. I do I do like a book. You know, mm. I, I really do, and I, I've I've got a wide sort of reading spectrum because I I've always been of the opinion that that kind of uh, that, that, that I'm a bit of a sponge. You know, I'm, I'm <laughs> like you, you give me knowledge, any kind of knowledge, even if it's not from my own perspective, even if it's not a perspective that I would naturally associate with I just need to know I need to know stuff I need to know what's going on you know I need to know this perspective and that perspective and that perspective you know what I mean so so I'm always I'm always like like looking and, and, and what I can read next that might be interesting you know yeah. I don't I, I must admit I don't I don't read a lot of fiction I'd rather read like stuff that's based in fact, you know, or at least perspective on fact. Right. You know what I mean, right. so so I, I'd rather do that stuff, you know. So I'm reading, I'm currently reading a fucking huge like autobiography of of Khrushchev, you know, the Soviet leader, which okay. is really interesting. Okay. You know? Yeah. So so I've got I've got a bit of that going on at the moment. So I've got some other bits and pieces in, in the background, you know, that, that I'm going to read, you know, down the line. But yeah, I've, I've always got a bag of books. Um, what else keeps me sane? T- I mean, that, that that's it, really, to be honest. I mean, if if we're out doing a van trip, I'm usually driving the van anyway, partly. And, um, 
you know, so so there's always kind of that to deal with. Um, right. Yeah, and I've always got a little games console with just a mini one because I do. I'm, ever since I was a young kid, I've been absolutely fascinated by video games. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. Uh, so I've always got something like that, um, and and that's that really. You know, I, I I've always got. There's. I mean, I. I we're self-contained, so there is always some work to do for Nate while on the road. So I'm, I'm doing a bit of that as well, and um, yeah. So yeah, just generally, I think t- touring is a touring is a, is a, is, a, is a funny old thing. I mean, I've been touring thirty years now. Am I completely climatized to it? No, I'm not. You know, because you are in a metal tube of of, of the many varieties of metal tube with the same generally the same few people like for for days weeks on end sometimes and and, and you need to fucking deal with that and it ain't fucking easy mate i'll tell you you know i I mean i i just wish i wish everybody in the world was really mellow and really you know really sort of um willing to meet in the middle but unfortunately people aren't like that you know and you you have to do some quite difficult stuff sometimes you know so so um yeah i mean it, it is it is a very testing thing. it's not for everybody you know bands go out on the road sometimes and people go on the road this is going to be a fucking breeze you know what i mean pay my guitar mate it's, that's not the fucking reality you know yeah I mean? it's, yeah it's hard growing yeah it can, don't get me wrong it can be very fucking positive you know the, the whole the whole privilege of going out to, to a club and playing where people can actually be bothered to come in and pay in, to come and see you on the door, you know, will we'll buy a t-shirt that have already bought your records before they come, I mean, this, this, yeah. that's a fucking yeah. privilege, yeah, you know what sure. I mean, that's a privilege that's afforded to very few fucking people in this world, you know what I mean, so, and I don't take it for granted, never have done, mate, you yeah. know what I mean, yeah. The, yeah. The, the, like, like I said at the very start of this, the day that I do is the day that I ain't doing it anymore, you know what I mean, I yeah. don't want to 50% you know for people so. so to wrap it up then I know you're a big Villa fan I don't often get to speak about football with musicians so uh, do you get to Villa Park much or how do you think, how do you think do when I can I, to be honest mate at the moment I only get there a couple of times a season yeah I actually, if I actually live down on the south coast now you know I don't live oh, right. it's really funny I'm the, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the only band member that's actually from the limit city live within the city limits of Birmingham yeah and I know one that doesn't fucking live there but yeah I get I get there a couple of times a season now so yeah it's um, it's a bit up and down at the moment but I'm, I'm very 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 sort of um, positive as far as that stuff goes you know it's uh, and we, we were in the championship last year you know we didn't we didn't really start picking up till halfway through the season. Yeah, that's right. Premier League's a fucking huge challenge, you know what I mean? And if we finish, if we finish 17th, you know, outside of that, then, then I'll be happy, you know what I mean? And then there's already rumblings of discontent, you know, but, but the club's, I think, trying its best, you know, and, and yeah. it's, it, it's, yeah. it's a difficult time. I mean, you know, you, you yourself from South Wales, look at the fucking rough time that Cardiff and Swansea had. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, I mean Cardiff were flying fucking high one mm-hmm. season, the next season. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's really like that, you know. So as much as we can hang on by the, by the fingernails for now, if we manage 17th this season, I'll be fucking happy. Like, you, know, you know what? If, if we go down, I wouldn't be fucking happy about it, but it is what it is. Yeah. If you don't win the yeah. games and you don't get the points, you don't stay up. It's that simple, like, you know what I mean? Exactly. I think they'll stay up. I mean, it, it just seems right to have them in the Premier League for me as well. 
I don't, mate, honestly, I would disagree with you on that. I don't think anybody's got the right to be up there. You're up there for you, the points you get and the goals you get and the way you organise your team. If you ain't good enough, you ain't good enough. Oh, sure, yeah, but what, what I mean is, um, like, growing up in the 80s, it was like Villa were always, yeah. you know, there Villa or thereabouts, were weren't they? Champions. Yeah, Villa were European champions. Yeah, of course, course yeah. You know what I mean? But, yeah. but you know, that doesn't, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. The past, the past is yeah. the past. Yeah, no, you're right, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. So... So, you know, I mean, the, 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 here's, a thing, here's a fact for you. Like, I actually went to school with Dean Smith, you know. Oh, really? Manager, you know? He, yeah, him and his brother, Dave Smith, are old. I used to go to school with him. You <laughs> know? So he's from Great Bar, you know. Because yeah, yeah. I was born I was born only, like, two, two three miles from Bill Park. You know? right, okay. so, so we're all, you know, D- Dean and his brother, we used to drink in the Scott Arms pub, you know. So <laughs> I, I, I know, I know. I know Dave really well, you know. Dean, Dean, I know, but not not as well as Dave because Dave was in my year at school, you know. Dave Smith, so yeah, it's it's it was really interesting for me and my brothers. We were like, fucking hell, Dean Smith's got the manager's job, you know. Because <laughs> I, I, really, I, I followed I followed his career when he was at Warsaw, you know, Dean, and then he went to Hereford, you know. So, but who would I would have never imagined that he would be like manager of Villa? No, no, ever. that's crazy. Well, listen, it's been great uh, talking to you, Barney. Um, or Mark. What, what would you prefer to be addressed yeah, as? Yeah, either or. Fun, but, but Barney's fun. You know, mate, mate, I think it's only me. It's only me, mum and dad that actually call me Mark. Oh, okay. Thanks very much. Take care. If you're looking for the best new bands punk and hardcore have to offer, look no further than Engineer Records, sponsors of Mass Movement Presents. So hope you enjoyed that. That was Barney. Like I said, uh, Napalm Death were on tour February. Uh, yeah, late February. Yeah, late February. This month. Yeah, yeah, God, yeah. With my God, we're, we uh, are in, we're, yeah, we're, we are in February now. Christ, already. Yeah, I know. It's flying by. Oh yeah, that's right. It's just like the longest January ever, and like we yeah, just yeah, jumped into February, which is gonna be like another long February because leap year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, some, of course, yeah. There's some dickhead decided he wants for an extra day off. Let's put an extra day off. <laughs> Balance. Let's talk about Supreme Commander. Supreme Commander from DC, yeah. 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 Washington DC band. Awesome. I love them. Yeah. Um, they just released, self-released their new album Tooth and Nail. Okay. Um, best place to check them out is actually on Facebook. Uh, just type in Supreme Commander DC and they'll come up because again, this is another like long-standing relationship with the band that sort of disappeared. So years ago, um. I was, we used to get records from a label called Basement Records. It's run by a guy called Chuck. Okay. Uh, and one day Chuck sends through um, these, this album by a band called Supreme Commander. And I think, well, I like the name. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like the name a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I put it on and I was blown away because it's sort of Dag Nasty meets Fugazi meets Minor Threat, influenced DC. Nice. Hardcore, just really tuneful, really melodic. Yeah. With a hell of a lot of punch. And... So I think I, I'm pretty sure we interviewed him back in the day, and spoke to Dan, their guitarist, a lot back back then, and yada yada. And anyway, they just seemed to disappear. Okay. And nothing seemed to. They were gone maybe five years, and just after Christmas, coming into January, an email popped up in the inbox, and it's just it's just said um, DC Hardcore. Okay. And it was Dan from Supreme Command, and he's like, we've. Well, just got a new record coming out. I'm like, 
what have you do to Vince? Like, what health problems? We've all had health issues and the band sort of fading in the background. So, but we're back and we've got a new record. Do you want a copy? And I'm like, oh, oh, oh. there's a bear defecating in the woods. <laughs> so a bear, like, you know, like to, like to do its business in heavily wooded areas. And he's like, well, right, hello, I shall send you a copy then. <laughs> so a copy going this way over, and they're better than ever. I don't know whether it's the time away, whether it's, um, and I had a sense of maturity, more perspective on life. Okay. Um, but their songwriting is just superb. And the new record, Tough and Nail, is absolutely incredible. It's called Tough and Nail. Tough and Nail. Okay. And Supreme Commander. Yeah, check them out on Facebook. Uh, just check them out on YouTube. Just type in Supreme Commander DC. Yeah. Because there's a band of fans who buy you. You've said, well, let's check out they, Supreme Commander. Yeah, but they're not Supreme one of these Commander. bands who sort of made some massive impact. They, they just, just did, did their, their own, their own thing. Scene, like, They've yeah, always yeah. done their own thing. Yeah, yeah, They've yeah. always played according to their hearts and like they were like I said they were on basement records and now they've self-released this this new record and it's just wonderful to see a band with this much passion and energy mm-hmm. give a shit about what they do yeah and continue to give a crap about what they do and play what they want to play like their lives depend on it and yeah. this record is just so good they won't like, I don't go out to many shows right only because yeah. I've reached an age where sciatica and all other sorts of stuff seen her all done her all well, got the well that, that's kind of sort of it right yeah because i was what we're saying there's only a few bands you'd go out for like if yeah ramala tour tomorrow you'd be there tour tomorrow i'd be there right? yeah. bad, when bad religion play i'm always going to be yeah there. yeah you know the um aod i'm going to be there yeah generally. but it was because i there was a time when i was doing like two or three shows a week yeah yeah you know continually all year year mm. in year out yeah that's right and you know they were like four or five band bills and I, over, the, over the course of like nearly th- oh, more than 30 years i've seen maybe thousands of bands yes and there are very few yeah after a while it just became like this is no different to what i've it's seen very true, before yeah. so i i needed to step back just so i can enjoy it again at some point in the future of course, yeah right and now i'm thinking there are a lot of shows coming up but some of these bands you know, the, the guys in the bands are young enough to be my kids, which is fair enough. Yeah. But, you know, what do I have in common with this? It's like when I took, I took my daughter and I made to see water parks, right? They're a sort of hyped alternative band and they, you know, the kids seem to love them. But I'm standing outside and I'm watching all these kids come in and go out and there is nothing that would connect us. Yeah. in any way shape or form on a personal level and that's the way it should be because it's, it's, it's a generational thing but I would go out to see Supreme Commander in a heartbeat okay in a heartbeat if they played I would be there they're on your list oh yeah they are absolutely on my list if they make it over I'm going to see them they're on your I will put on trousers today list yes <laughs> I should get <laughs> I, I should put on my clothes today I shall leave the house and deal with all you assholes and, and in order to <laughs> He's sat uh, in his pants right now as we speak. I do love it. I'm not, I'm not on his, um, <laughs> I will front trousers list. <laughs> no. <laughs> I like it, but I don't like it that much. <laughs> you know, and you love it when I sit here next to Nicky. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, if I, if I happen to be in DC at any point, which I fully intend to be, yeah. at some point sooner they're playing, I would, you know, I would go, ah, oh, shall I have a takeaway pizza and sit in the hotel bar, drink all the craft beers, or shall I go to see Supreme Commander? I would go see Supreme Commander. Okay. I would sacrifice beer, craft beer and pizza to see Supreme Commander. Did I give you a band I'd go see Nate on Name Alone? Do you have a sort yeah. of flyer? Supreme well, yeah, because it just, it just makes you think, you know, yeah. oh, yes. Yeah. You, yeah. you should be my Supreme Commander. Yeah. <laughs> hail, Commander, hail, hail, yeah. hail. 
It's going to be a good night, whatever it is. Yeah, it's a, it doesn't matter. Yeah. This is, a, this is a sex show. I don't know. Is it a punk rock show? <laughs> will, there, will there be big deal? There's back to people's death. No, there'll be backlash to influence hardcore. You know. But Excellent. even so, but mind you, right? I do think a show where there's only punk rock in the background, everybody's giving a big deal. Though it's all fight. Yeah. <laughs> until like what yeah. you know, <laughs> there can be only one at the end and everybody has to beat the shit out of each other with dildos that could be quite an entertaining night well I told you about that show in London didn't I um, go back about five six years ago <laughs> yeah where you Paul, better tell us that, that that never fails to make me Paul just saw, <laughs> we, we, we got a minibus down and one, one life crew were playing yeah and we got a minibus down and our friend Paul yeah Mr to, Jenkins decided to bring a bag of dildos <laughs> as you do <laughs> He never, he as, never as you fails to make me laugh because he's one of the funniest dudes in the world. But the band were pl- we went up with, Resurrection, yeah. uh, Stu Butcher on vocals, yeah. he'd, um, he'd swapped out. Uh, so we used to, do you know when uh, hardcore shows, they put the mic in the crowd? Yeah, yeah. And, we always sing along. Yeah, and there was a guy who was really into doing that. And mm. so Stu would put in the mic in the crowd. But as he did it, last minute, he'd swap it out. <laughs> For a dildo, <laughs> and he'd have a guy with his, singing into a dildo with his mouth open, <laughs> and we had cameras on him. <laughs> that was just absolutely brilliant. It was a German fella, and he was human. He didn't take he didn't take to a nice. Uh, no, well he, he, didn't find, he didn't find it amusing in the slightest. But I remember he had this this dildo which stuck to the wall. It had like a sucker on it. <laughs> oh, shout out to Paul Jenkins, man. Oh man, always shout out to Paul Jenkins. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Paul's awesome. Always makes me laugh. If you're, if you're on the Cardiff Hardcore scene and you don't know Paul Jenkins and you don't know shit, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Making a priority to make, go meet Paul and yeah. have a beer with him and just stand <laughs> back and watch his chaos and shoot. It's always funny. <laughs> yeah. When it happens. Oh, shout out to Mike Davis too. Our number one fan. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Mike Davis. Man. Apparently he's our number one fan. He is. Everybody's yes. little boyfriend, Mike. Yes. Da, 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 da. We love Mike. He's come a long way since the Mumia Abu Jamal posters. Well, the what posters? Oh, well, I told you so about how I met Mike, Mike. No. All right, so years and years and years and years and years ago, back in the 90s, we used to do, started doing, putting shows on. I, I put shows in the Bridget. In Bridget, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, we put them on the Angel. And I was in the Angel one night, um, I did the Light Year show or some shit like that, or... And um, I was over there, and this little 16-year-old drunkard, completely off his tits, came running around the venue waving flyers about Mumia Abu Jamal. And he got on a table, and he's waving these flyers around, and he's shouting about injustice, and he's so pissed he falls off the table backwards, right? right. On the floor. Then he gets back and becomes over, and he goes, Mumia Abu Jamal! I was like, yeah, I know all about the dude, you know? Yeah. And I know Gerald Biafra is, and I know you've got these from Alternative Tentacles. It's like, oh, I love you, man. I, I don't even know this guy's name. <laughs> <laughs> it took me two weeks to find out he's called Mike. Okay. But that was the first time I met Mike Davis. He was waving a Mumia Abu-Jamal flies in my face. He's like 15, 16, pissed. Absolutely off his box. Legend. Falling off table. And he is, he's no different now. No. Absolutely no different now. No. And love him to bits. Oh, yeah. Awesome guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Mike. Yeah. Uh, before we get too maudlin I love you man <laughs> it's time to go it is time to go so uh, last couple of shout outs shout out to Engineer Records as, as ever our sponsors and the yeah. whole of hardcore and punk rock for all you discerning <laughs> middle aged people like us thank you to Paul uh, from Guild Whip 
Uh, you've got to check those guys out uh, on Mr. Facebook. Mr. is a damn, damn good chap. Yeah. Uh, wherever he puts the music is always good. Yeah. So, Shout uh, out to Barney because he's Barney. Because he's Barney. Yeah, yeah. I love yeah. that. I love the interview. Him, so, um, and that's about it. And that's about it. So uh, we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. Ta-ta. Bye-bye. Movement Gazette. Movement Gazette.